Hi guys, so we're getting to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's again a podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. We try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Again, you can find the podcast on YouTube. Uh, you can watch the video portion there, subscribe there. And then you can also find the podcast anywhere that you can get your podcast. Also, um, go to the Facebook page and also like When the Scriptures Become Real. I know we've chatted there. Uh, I've gotten to know some of you and uh, gotten to know you better, so uh, that's where we can talk and, and discuss topics or uh, just have some encouragement there. So uh, go to the new Facebook page, and we are looking forward to seeing you there. All right, so uh, we got another podcast today. I was looking forward to this one for a while, but I'm glad I got him back on. Uh, so I'm here with uh, my buddy Ty Rhymes, and I'll give him the uh, opportunity to introduce himself to you guys. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. I appreciate you having me on, man. I know I see all over social media just you know how many people uh, benefit from your work, and I know the great amount of effort you put into it, and I appreciate that and the good things you do. And I especially appreciate you having me on today. Um, Ty Rhymes, I preach for the Chisholm Hills Church of Christ in Florence, Alabama. I've uh, been here for, I guess, uh, going on uh, in my third year, going on my fourth year, uh, graduated from Memphis school preaching. I was in school with Jordan. That's kind of how we knew each other. Yeah. Uh, some great times. I'm sure we could tell some stories we've had together. We but got man, some stories. Just, uh, yeah, we got some <laughs> stories, but no, it was an awesome, awesome experience and uh, really thankful uh, for that. I'm married to Heidi. She's a nurse, labor and delivery nurse. So our lives are uh, really hectic right now with her, uh, you know, being a nurse. And then I coach uh, basketball here at a Mars Hill Bible school. So between basketball and the church and nursing, uh, it's a full <laughs> schedule, but you know, I mean, we're incredibly blessed and thankful to be able to serve in the ways that we do. Yes, sir. We're, we're so thankful uh, to have Tom thankful for him and, and his friendship and, uh, and his encouragement to me in school, uh, but also out of school. So I'm, I'm also appreciative of him and, and everything he's he's done for me and also for the brotherhood and i i know he's going to continue to do some great work all right so the topic we're talking about today is taking advantage of the opportunity taking advantage of the opportunity so ty i was um i looked at a quote this week and i, I think it really resonated to what we're going to talk about today um, because it said opportunities are usually disguised as hard work so most people don't recognize mm. them. Mm. So, I mean, you as a coach, you just mentioned, you know, players, you know, most times people think players want the hard stuff. Players really don't want the hard That's right. stuff. You got to make really it as easy want as it. you can. That's, That's right. it. But the hard stuff as a coach and what you try to give them, right, what you try to provide, you are seeing that, man, if you just do this, you could be 10 times farther than where you are now. But because right. you want it easy, you're not where you need to be. Right. I, so, I tell them all I tell them all the time, you can try hard. You can try really, really hard, you know, but if you're not doing things right and properly, it doesn't benefit you, you know, and there's opportunities for me to be successful in life and re and probably I can look back and say why I haven't been successful. Yes. Is you know, I, I didn't take advantage of what I had right in front of me to do it right. That's it. And the same way that this applies to basketball and sports and other things in life. The same thing applies as we walk this Christian walk too, you know, just, oh, no. just as sometimes with, with players, with those at work, with those at school, you know, we want things kind of handed to us. Or if we, if we are going to work, we want it to be uh, easy and we don't want it to necessarily inconvenience us. And so if that attitude kind of translates its way into your Christian walk, the same results you're getting there, you're going to get with the Lord too. And that's, so we, we want to make sure that we take advantage of the opportunities that the local church 
and that everybody provides because here's the thing about opportunity that I'm I'm learning life has a way of teaching you the same lessons over and over again in different ways different characters but opportunities they're provided but they're not always going to be there and you got to take advantage of it while it's here and man also Jordan just real quick as we're introducing <laughs> sometimes it's like it's good to define your word and like in 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 our minds I think in our culture we think of opportunity as something that's really rare Right. You know, it's like a, it's a rare chance. It's, they don't come along often. You know, I was thinking about, I was kind of looking uh, in the new Testament for words or, you know, the time opportunity comes on. The only one I, I could really find that was meaningful was Galatians six ten. you know, uh, as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men. How rare is it hmm. that you have an opportunity to do good for someone? Oh, we never, I mean, it's like every day, it's every, every person, day, you know, and so it's like when we're talking about opportunities today, uh, opportunities to be involved in the church, opportunities to grow in your faith, it's not some rare thing. It's not just waiting around for God's providence to bump into you, That's but it. you know, it's a, no, it's, it's there. It's there for the taking. It's, it's a, it is a decision, a conscious decision to take advantage of opportunities in, in whatever area of life we're talking about. That's it. And I love that definite and so many times, and we're going to look at a few examples as we, as we talk about this today through the scripture, there's so many times where God has given so many people opportunities to take things, to, to follow him, uh, to change things. Some took it, some didn't take it. And so, but what they can't say, whether they took it or didn't take it, God didn't provide it though. God provided it though. It was there. It was there. It was just a matter of, like you said, did I make the choice while it was here to actually do it? Mm-hmm. So that's, I mean, I'm excited. You're getting me fired up, man. That's I'm, good. I, I'm excited to go for this today. So we're going to talk about taking advantage of the opportunity. So if you're taking notes, um, here's the first one that uh, Ty and I want to look at. So in order to take advantage of the opportunities around us, sometimes we have to be able to see when the opportunity is available. So, The first example we want to look at, let's look at Exodus chapter three. And if you're new to the podcast, again, open up your Bibles with us and we can study and we can uh, we can look at what the scripture says. You can actually go back and study and look and have for your own notes as well. So Exodus chapter three. And and as we notice this, all these things happen uh, for Moses. So Moses is is understanding all these things that are going on. But notice the opportunity that God provides. Actually, let's jump up. Let's jump up to verse uh, number 11 of the text of Exodus chapter three. And so the Bible says, and Moses said unto God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. So according to verse 10, he said, come now, I will send you to Pharaoh. So now what are we talking about now? Taking advantage of the opportunity, right? God always provides it. He said, Moses, come now, so that you can bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. What's verse 10? Yeah. <laughs> all, all it is is opportunity. You know, I, I, let me interject real quick. I, okay. I just thought about this. No, this I think this really will build on where you're trying to go. You, you talk about the unseen, right? Yeah. It's like sometimes I have expectations of where I think opportunities will come. Right. You know, it's like, oh, Ooh. oh, well. You know, and so Moses, you think about this. It says in verse one, he was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. So that's that's what Moses did every day, right? This was the mundane, routine, 
everyday life of Moses. So when he, uh, when he wakes up, he says, well, I'm just going to go out to the field and keep my sheep again. That's what I'll do every day. And then all of a sudden God appears to him in a burning bush. And it's like nowhere in his mind, did he expect for there to be an opportunity for him to meet God? That's it. But, but right there in the everyday, in the mundane, he had an opportunity to meet God, which, you know, builds on verse 10. Oh, and, so, and sorry about. Oh, no, that's good. No, this is perfect. So now as as you look at that, so from the mundane in verse one, and it goes perfect with what we're trying to build here. So up to this point, remember, if you know the history of Moses, the reason why he left was because he killed that Egyptian. Now, remember, as he killed mm-hmm. that Egyptian, he had to go on the run. So what's the last thing in your mind that you remember of your quote unquote homeland? I'm wanted. So, so number one, why would I, why would I need to go back? Why would I want to go back? And again, the opportunity God provided, the crazy thing about it is God told him to do something that he was afraid to do. Mm-hmm. All these excuses stemmed off of fear. And so sometimes we don't take, and myself included, sometimes we don't take opportunities because we already have a preconceived fear that I can't do it anyway. Mm-hmm. So why try? So all of Exodus chapter three is God, not necessarily convincing Moses, but God telling Moses, no, you'll be able to do this. And any excuse that you have, I'll be able to provide it for you. And sometimes we, we are so good at making those excuses to the Lord, man. We're so good at that. You know, it's kind of funny, Jordan, you know, if it's a job that we want, we'll we'll write out a, we'll write out a resume of reasons why we should be considered. That's it. I'm good at this. I can do this. I I'm talented in this area, but it seems like when it's God's opportunity, we say, I can't talk. What if I don't know what to say? You know? And it's like, in in a way I can't come, I can't come down on Moses too hard. You know, that's us. Been there, done that dude. That's me. I'm Moses. But, um, I just, I just think it's an, an incredibly awesome opportunity for Moses to be transformed and his spiritual life to be dr- dramatically impacted. And, and, and it was because he wasn't looking for an opportunity. He, he didn't, it was unseen, you know, type. It, it, he wasn't expecting it to be where it was. And then his default reason for not accepting it is saying, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, not good not. enough. <laughs> oh, and, and the crazy thing is, as we keep talking about this high, I'm thinking about, so God provided something out of the mundane, but also God provided him something out of his comfort zone. That's the truth. Yeah. So think about how long he had been doing Exodus chapter three, verse one for years. I mean, he already had a family. He's married, all this stuff. I mean, he's set. So mm. sometimes, and sometimes we don't take opportunity because we don't want to leave our little comfort zone and our comfort mm. circle. So I don't know about you, but for me, for me, Memphis going to school, that's that was leaving out of my comfort zone. I mean, I'm talking man, about yeah. I was sweating, man. Yeah. I remember my first day sitting next to uh, Justin Bean. I mean, we're sitting there shaking, shaking. Right. I was like, dude, I don't know if I can. I didn't even go to school for the first, you know, out of high school because I was afraid of memory work. I said, that's I can't right. do it. I can't. I can't mm-hmm. memorize. I can't. So, I mean, I found different ways, you know, and, and different excuses that worked to run away. But in the end. Once you actually apply yourself and do the work, it's it actually the Lord see, look, I'm trying to mold you, but you're just so afraid. It made me think about how many times God worked on Paul in a prison cell. Oh, 
That's it's it. not comfortable. You know, oh. it's not ideal. It, it's, it's, you know, in Judges 6, he talked to Gideon while he was threshing wheat. Not an ideal situation. Or Elisha, 1 Kings 19, he was plowing the field. You know, all these everyday experiences. It's, it's like, it's you, you said it. it it's, am I going to have open eyes and an open heart willing to see God on the daily? Mm. Oh, so that's why Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Right now, faith is the substance to things hoped for, but right. the, evidence the evidence of things, things not seen. Not seen. So, yeah. so how can you and I, Ty, as, 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 as preachers, how can people as high school students, as those in college, as those getting older, how are they going to be able to see the opportunities that God provides them if they don't have faith? So where does faith come from? Mm. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So let's mm. put two and two together. So if I'm not in the word of God, guess what? I cannot see that's probably around me. And that's been around me for the past five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years. Opportunity. Mm. Yeah. Opportunity. It, reminding myself of, of who God is, you know, in order to see, and, and that's biblical. You think yeah, you mentioned it. Exodus three, what happens? God gives him an opportunity and he says, let me remind you of who I am. Take off your shoes. This is holy ground. You know, you're standing. And so it's like Moses had to be reminded of God's holiness in order for him to see God's awesomeness, you know? <laughs> and so it's like for us, uh, these opportunities. Yeah. Faith, faith is the key factor. I need to be reminded of God's holiness and his, his awesomeness, you know, and I can't do that if, if I'm not in tune with God's word. Oh, okay. And going back to this, I just want to give a quick example as well, but remember in second Kings five about Naaman. Yep. And so remember, he had a need, right? He was a leper, so he needed some help. And so remember, he was told to go dip and wash in the Jordan seven times. But sometimes we don't take the opportunity, like you just said, because, well, that's not how I think it's supposed to work out. Mm -hmm. Aren't the rivers of Farpar and all the, aren't they better than the Jordan? But what the, what is the opportunity God provided? The Jordan. Go, go the Jordan. You got to right. go. And That's so right. sometimes, and what else did Naaman say according to the text? So if you look at Second Kings chapter five, look at verse number. And this is just great as he as he goes through this, but beginning in verse eleven, and Naaman he was wroth. So sometimes we don't take opportunities because we're too mad at God that it didn't work out the way I wanted it to work. Mm -hmm. So I'm not yeah. going to take it. And yeah. then on top of that, I'll, I'll I'll pile excuses on too, just like Moses in Exodus three. Well, you keep on the story in Exodus, the Israelite, just two chapters later, God says, Hey, I'm going to get you out of Egypt. And then when Moses goes and talks to Pharaoh and it doesn't happen, they're mad at God because it didn't work out like they didn't thought. And out. so then they just quit because, you know, they're mad and they're pouting because they, it didn't work like they thought it should work. <laughs> and we all fall into that. Easily. Yeah. We no, all, dude. We I, all fall into that. I'm the Israelites. That's me right here. Tyrams. <laughs> Insert Tyrams in Exodus 5. You know? but, but then notice he says, and Naaman was wroth, and then he left. So that little phrase right there, Naaman, first of all, he was mad, mm. and then he went away. He left. Mm. So sometimes for us guys, when God provides us an opportunity, just like he did for Moses and just like he did for Naaman, because we're already angry at them, we're going to go farther and farther away from the opportunity. That's the truth. So, mm. uh, again, 
think about it, and and this is this is something that as Ty and I study for this, that we've had to self-examine. So, man, how many opportunities have we really been running away from? Because, well, it just didn't work out the way I thought it would. Mm. It's a, again, but all of this kind of goes together. So then before, then he says he was wroth, he went away. And then he said, behold, I thought. (laughs) That's right. I thought. I thought. I thought he would come out and do this amazing thing. He would come out unto me. And he would stand and he would call on the name of God and he would strike his hand and he would recover the leper. So again, opportunity. Here's the thing about it too, Ty, and I know you can go into this as well. Sometimes opportunity, it will not come in the form you want it to come. That's right. It will not, but you got to be able to see it. I was thinking, man, like sometimes, you know, opportunities are like, are everywhere. They're evident. Kind of like the Galatians 6.10 thing. You yep. know, when am I not going to meet somebody I can do good to that? Those are Every opportunities I, that are there and they're obvious, but it's me. I've got to see that. Right. You know, you're talking about seeing opportunities, though. I'm convinced, Jordan, that there are a lot of opportunities that that come our way that are accidental things mm. that things that we don't intend on things that we don't see. And it may be that all of opportunities are like this, you know, that that we're put in these situations. And then at the end of the day, as a result, we look back and say, wow, what an incredible opportunity that was. And my mind is thinking about Simon in uh, in Mark 15. And there's three other, I guess, two other accounts of this. Matthew's account, Matthew 26, and then Luke 23. But Mark 15 is the one that kind of sticks out because of some details. And it says that Simon was a passerby. They compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. So Jesus has been tried. He's headed to Golgotha, got his cross on his back. And, and this dude, Simon, just was in the crowd. I mean, everybody, everybody's account, Mark's account, Matthew's account, and Luke's account all say that this guy was a passerby. He was coming into Jerusalem. I'm sure that Cyrene is like North Africa on the Mediterranean Sea. So obviously in a territory that would have been familiar with Jesus, not sure how much he knew about him, but surely, I mean, come on, if the guy was going to Jerusalem at the time of the Passover, he had to have known who Jesus was. So you can look at it three ways. Number one, you can say Simon's encounter with Jesus that day was just a chance. I mean, it was a chance encounter because every one of the gospel accounts with the exception of John who doesn't cover it says he was passing by on his way in from the country. So you could say that Simon had no idea. He didn't see that coming, right? Because he was a pastor. He had no idea that day he'd be carrying Jesus cross. And I'm convinced that if he had been five minutes earlier or five minutes later, who's to say he would have even seen the whole thing? You know, whatever. Number two, you could say it's a forced encounter because it says they compelled him to do it. The only other time that word's used in the New Testament is Matthew 5 and verse 41, when it says, if they compel you or force you to carry the bag a mile, then you carry it too. Right. It was known that the Roman soldiers would do that. So obviously this was, this was a word that means it was against Simon's will. Simon didn't even want to do it. He didn't want to carry the cross, but, but here's, here's where it just is. It's extremely transforming to me. And I think where we can tie Mm -hmm. it into our point. In Mark's account, it mentions that Simon was the father of Alexander and Rufus, which tells me, number one, Mark obviously knew these guys because Matthew and Luke don't mention them by name. 
Number two, Mark's gospel was written primarily to the Romans. And if you look at Romans 16 and verse 13, which I find really interesting, Romans 16 and verse 13, when he's talking about these prominent members in the Roman church or in the church at Rome, he specifically mentions Rufus chosen in the Lord. Everybody, most everybody that writes commentaries and Scott, they all agree this, this Rufus, this is the guy Mark was writing about Rufus. So here's, here's what I learned, man, about Simon, right? Simon taking on Jesus cross that day, what most would say is a chance encounter or what Simon would think was forced because he, he, that, that was against his will. But Mm. Simon to me stands as a great symbol. Because number one, he shows me what it's like to literally take up the cross and follow Jesus, literally. But number two, here's a guy who picked up an accidental cross and became a model for every person in the world. And the Bible never wastes words. So here's what I learned. Mm. Sometimes opportunities Mm. find me, Mm. you know? Right. Sometimes, and, and think about it in terms of the cross. Sometimes I find the cross. I realize I've done wrong and I need to fix it. So I go looking for Jesus, but sometimes the cross finds me, you know, maybe right. it's in that sermon or maybe it's in reading this passage. And I'm like, wow, there it is, you know? And so opportunities I think are the exact same way. Sometimes I find opportunities. I'm looking, I'm ready. Sometimes opportunities find me, you know, and it, and it may be that it's against my will. It may be that I don't want to. It may be that I think I'm not the right person. But the reality is those opportunities have an, an opportunity to not just transform me, but you see how it even transformed his sons, Alexander and Rufus, man. Oh. Off of that one. Oh, man. Yeah, just oh. one chance. What What seemed to have been a chance was actually a great opportunity for Simon to be transformed and his family and the church at Rome. Man, and oh, that example, I mean, just to think about, and it's almost kind of like opportunity is almost in a way providential and being at the right place at the right time. Or in this case, the wrong place. Or the wrong place. Yeah, yeah. it's like Christians have the unique ability to make a difference anywhere in any any situation. It's just a matter of... uh, it's just a matter of if I'm willing to take Jesus seriously, bro. This is crazy. Yeah, this is crazy. And if this is not for for me, Percy, and I know Ty can attest this. For me, Percy, this is fortifying some things for me, Percy, that needed to be fortified oh, yeah. today. One hundred percent. It's just like, and again, this is why studying the scripture is so important because these are verses that Ty and I have always studied. We've always come to, but yep. it just as you study more and as you dig more and especially as you're going through certain storms now now i get it this is what this was really talking about and so to put in the plug that's when the scriptures become real that's That's when it's real now it's not it's not just a a verse anymore so now okay so now this this uh brings up this idea ty so we kind of tied in and we'll hit it just just a little bit about um about seeing the unseen with faith i Mm want to go to one verse about that but here's something else about opportunity. Opportunity can also come in a storm. That's true. So sometimes, and again, I, I've almost had this um, this mindset that, and you mentioned it, only opportunity comes when the sun's shining or right. w- when everything is when working out or when I'm looking yeah. for it or when, you know, when the stars are aligning, right? Then that's that's when the opportunity is, is coming my way. But Sometimes opportunity comes through a storm as well. 
So I want to look at this. Look at Acts chapter 27. Uh, Acts chapter 27. And before we get into that second point, if you're if you want to support the podcast, you can go on anchor.fm slash when the scriptures become real. And then you can support the podcast there for 99 cents, 4.99, 9.99 and above. Uh, the podcast will always be free, but if you want to support the podcast, we would we would really uh, appreciate that. We already have three monthly supporters, and so we're thankful for them, and we're thankful for your support of our podcast. So as we're as we're talking, we're talking about taking advantage of the opportunity, and so an opportunity can also come through a storm. So let's begin in verse number twenty. Obviously, we understand that uh, in verse twenty-seven, Paul's being sent to Rome, and a storm arises, beginning in verse thirteen. And the storms, and the thing about Scripture is whenever storms would come, you can look in the book of Job, you can look in Acts, storms always had names. And so here, the name of it was Eurocladon. So obviously this was a, 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 a big storm coming through this way. So notice what this storm was able to do. Beginning verse 20. And when neither was there sun nor stars, and many days appeared, and no small tempest laid upon us, Look at what the storm did. All hope that we should be saved was taken away. Now, here's something that's important before we keep going. And I know, Ty, you can attest this too. It is a very, uh, what's the right word? It's a, it's a peculiar spot to be in when you feel like all hope is gone. Hmm. If you've never been in a place in your life where you felt like all hope for things working out was gone, keep living. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. And it's a different feeling, man. Try to describe that. It's a different feeling, man. It's it's different. I try to tell my basketball guys all the time that victory or success comes in finding opportunities in problems. That that's where I can be most successful. It's like, you know, in those moments where your back's against the wall, you, you, you got to claw, you got to fight, you got to win. That's you. Yeah. You got to win. You need to stop whatever victory comes in finding opportunities and problems. And that's exactly what you're talking about is, and it's a first Corinthians 10, 13 type thing too, you know, in temptation, God always provides a way of escape, which tells me there is always a godly way out. Always. There's always a godly opportunity, Jordan, always a godly opportunity. That's it. So now all hope that we should be saved was taken away. So I don't know your situation if you're listening, but if you know, you know. If all hope is taken away, this is why Satan is so good. Because when a personal storm hits you, the storm was meant to make you quit. Hmm. And also the storm is meant to take your eye off the opportunity that the storm can provide or the opportunity that's already there. So notice, look at what the storm did, Ty. The, the sources of light were taken away, sun and stars. So sometimes the storms that come in our lives, sometimes the only lights around us that we feel our lights are gone. So now what do you do when it's just you? Mm. It's dude. I mean, this is all hope is taken away. It's gone. So then verse 21, and after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them. So now, look at what Paul did, bro. Paul could have laid down, like you said, but he stood. Sure. That's the thing about the storms. Whenever you hit a storm in life, you got to keep standing up. You know, doesn't doesn't the psalmist writer say in Psalm chapter 1, right, I shall not be moved. You'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Mm. What What's able to do that? Your faith, man. 
your faith is the only thing that's going to make you stand. I I can see the wheels turning, right? You can, Dude, that, it's, it's going, it's going, but I know bro. we got, we got other points. So is, we'll, we can, oh, let's go. We let's can go. On that, let's, 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 let's go. What you got? <laughs> well, I was thinking about, you, you know, you're talking about the storm and, and, you know, what you can see and things like that, man. And, and uh, I, I was just thinking about, um, about this guy that Jesus deals with um, in Mark chapter eight and uh, in verse 22 and uh, he's, it's, a, it's a blind man, right? And uh, Jesus, this is the only miracle that Jesus heals in phases, mm. all right? It, every other time, it's like, if I touch you, you're, you're well. If I say something, you're well. But this time, it's like Jesus touches him, and, and he asked him, do you see anything? Verse 23, and the guy says, well, I see people, but they look like trees walking. <laughs> and so then Jesus lays his hands on him again, and he opens his eyes, and everything's seen clearly, okay? So, I, I think, you know, okay, what, why, why did Jesus have to do that? Well, you go back and he's talking about the leaven of the Pharisees to the disciples in, in this chapter earlier in the chapter. And the disciples are thinking, what? Like he, he don't have no bread. What are you talking about? Leaven, you know? And Jesus, Jesus says to them in verse 17, why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not understand? You, you have eyes. Do you not see or ears? Do you not hear? And so it's like Jesus tells the story about this blind man, almost to me like a parable to describe the disciples. And he says, it is true, in fact, that sometimes there will be things that cloud your vision. That's it. This guy, this guy says, I can see, but my vision is cloudy, to which Jesus then says, let me be the one to fix it. Oh, I can fix you. But here's also the thing, Jordan, that guy never would have been touched by Jesus again if he had not been honest about the fact he couldn't see. That I can't see. Jesus says, do you see anything? And he says, he could have said, wow, I see better than I ever have before. But no, he didn't. He says, I can see. Come on, man. But it's blurry. You know, and so to me, it's like that. That's a huge thing about opportunities. You're right. Storms happen. You know, and sometimes we see a little bit of a silver lining and we're like, okay, you know, this is fine. I'm better, but we're not. And it takes being honest with Jesus because Jesus is the only one who can help us find and see and live out opportunities in the storm. That's the only, (laughs) that's the only chance we got. Oh, this, oh, bro, that was, you just gave me a sermon that that, I'm I'm preaching that. There you go. I'm preaching that. (laughs) But now I'll send you my notes on it. (laughs) This ties in perfect with this so now this okay so now because of paul in verse 21 so we stood in the midst and he says first of all sirs you should have hearkened unto me and not have lodged from crete so going back in chapter 21 paul said hey man the winds the winds look kind of off we probably shouldn't we probably shouldn't go but they go they went anyway so two quick things opportunities can come from storms that we did not create Opportunity can also come from storms that we did create. Mm. So they created their own. This was their fault. Now, it wasn't their fault that the storm came, but they saw the signs. Like you said, sometimes you can see the signs and you just, well, I'm good. I'm strong enough. I'm smart enough. I'll figure it out. Then (laughs) you go deeper into the storm. That's right. So Paul said, first of all, we shouldn't have went in the first place, but we can't change that. So we're here. So now what do we do? Verse 22. Now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you except for the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, 
fear not, fear not, Paul, uh, thou must be brought unto Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God. And it shall be, even as it was told me, howbeit we must be cast upon a certain island. So just as Jesus helped that man see that you just mentioned in Mark, he did the same thing to Paul. Paul, I know you can't see this right now. I know everybody else around you can't see it right now. But just because you don't see it doesn't mean that I don't see it. It ain't there. That's right. It's it's there. And guys, I'm telling y'all, man, uh, and this hits hits home personally right now, but sometimes there's going to be times in your Christian walk where you can't see and meaning you can't see it means you you've almost kind of exhausted every option you're doing what you're supposed to do you're living right you're you're doing what the lord wants you to do you're you're disciplined you you try to do everything that the lord that the lord says and sometimes it's still dark so sometimes just because you can't see doesn't mean that the lord is not guiding you exactly where he wants you to be but mm-hmm. what's our role in that our role in that is not to figure it out because Abram tried that didn't work. Our role in that it's, it's almost an oxymoron Ty. The role in that storm is to be of good cheer because we know the Lord is with us because he said, I can do this because I believe God. Yeah. It's crazy. It it reminded me of Hagar. And I think this is a perfect way to maybe summarize, you know, Hagar said the God who sees, you are the God who sees mm. you, you truly Genesis 16, 13, truly here. I have seen him who looks after me. Oh, oh, Ooh. okay. Now, now since you, <laughs> since you brought that up. So now going back to Genesis, think about, think about Jacob, Rachel and Leah. Mm. Right. So um, remember Leah, she's the forgotten girl. No one wanted her. No one wanted her. But then after after the marriage, the text says that he saw that that Leah was barren and the Lord saw her. So sometimes when no one else sees you, God does. God does. God does. And, you know, isn't that the, the thing about it, Ty, is all of us just want to be seen. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to be seen. We want to be heard. And we want someone to not not for praise, but we would just want someone to acknowledge, man, you're here. I see you. Right. I see you. Right. And and the Lord, and it's it's a comforting thought to know that everybody else around you is overlooking you. Mm-hmm. You're always overlooked. But the Lord, I see you. I see you, Ty. I see you, Jordan. I see what you're doing. You know how many times I've heard that from you, Jordan? I see you. That <laughs> see was you. that was one of your phrases. I and see that, you, man. And that's that, what, and it's and encouraging. Yeah, it's it was for it's for a reason, man. Because that's right. Because of what we do, you know, sometimes it's it's and because of how we preach, because remember, Jesus said, you know, as you do this, you know, mother will be against against daughter, you know, because of the nature of the gospel. That's just what happens. And sometimes you can you can feel not seen. And that that's what discourages preachers. But every time, man, I see you. It's all right. I see what you're doing because I'm doing it, too. I see you. And so the Lord, the Lord sees us, too. And so this this goes perfectly with using, the you know, kind of the unseen about faith look at second corinthians chapter four bro this is this is this is all point right now this is (laughs) is all point right now man the scriptures are so good man oh just 
I needed this today. Absolutely. Second Corinthians chapter four. Now look at Paul. Okay, so you know we just used Paul before in the storm in Acts, but now in Second Corinthians chapter four, and again this is a this is a great thing because there's actually a song. I don't know if you've heard it, Ty, but there's a song called the Corinthian song, and it, it's it's based off of Second Corinthians four eight through eighteen. Hmm. Check it out. Check it out on YouTube by yeah, Sam by Sam Robson. Get you, it'll get you emotional every time. Get you every time. All right, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna check it out. It'll get you every time. So notice, notice verse eight. So look at his. Look at the mind state that Paul and everyone else is in. We are troubled on every side, yet we're not distressed. We're perplexed. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to go. I don't know what to. But we're still not in despair. We're persecuted. Don't preach it. Don't do this. Don't say that. Don't do this but not forsaken we're cast down get out of the city we don't want to hear you anymore get out of here but we're not destroyed always bearing about in the body of the lord jesus that in the life of jesus might be made manifest in our body so paul how did you get through this verses eight through uh verses eight through ten for the which cause verse 16 we faint not though the outward man perishes yet the inward is renewed day by day bro for our light affliction which is just for a moment and that's the thing about these storms and these things that happen in this life guys and i know i've been in some storms that felt like they were years but in the in the um in the grand scheme of things those storms were just momentary they were just here just for a moment man i thought two passages number one stay in second corinthians and paul on the same note in second Corinthians one and verse eight, he says, I don't want you to be unaware of the affliction we experienced in Asia. We were utterly burdened beyond mm. our strength that we oh. despaired of life itself. It's beyond like our strength, bro. Beyond I, our strength. I, you know, that phrase, God won't give you more than we can handle. That's, that's not true. You know, God, Paul says, look, we were beyond our strength more than we can handle. In fact, I wanted to die. I hated life. Verse nine. Indeed. We felt like we even received the sentence of death. But that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Now listen to verse 10. He delivered us from such a deadly peril and he will deliver us on him. We have set our hope that he will deliver us again. Wow. You know, and it's like, I thought about the Romans eight twenty eight. you know, uh, that God will bring good. And it's not, you know, we think that every situation is going to be good. No, right. it's that God gives us an opportunity to find something eternally good in every situation, in every situation. If Paul could say that I was, I wanted to die. This was more than I could handle. It was be utterly beyond all my strength, but I know that God was doing it to teach me to rely on him and not me, mm. oh, man. That's spiritual maturity, Jordan. That's, That's spiritual it. maturity. Ooh, ooh. Oh, man. And, and that explains so much of his mindset, even going to chapter four, mm. because he already had that mind in chapter one. That's right. That you yep. mentioned. So now going to the closing verse in verse 18, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So, I mean, it, it explains so much, man, about his mindset that he knew, yeah, we're going through this. Yes, my, my strength feels like it's gone, but I know this is only just here for a moment. Think right. about the mindset, mm-hmm. like you mentioned. Think about the mindset that it takes 
to to have that mind and to still to still preach with joy right you know what i mean mm-hmm. like it's 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 a hard thing to explain especially if there's cuz i know there's there's preacher students that that listen to this as well it's different man when you're when you're in ministry and when you're going through verses 8 through 10 and i mean it's just every day it's it's like a constant beat down there's there's a different problem there's a different and it's all because of quote unquote you right it's all your fault so how do you keep moving with joy yeah the, the mindset is i'm not working for the people the mindset is i'm i'm just doing what god said now they hate me now yeah. they they don't want the, they don't want company with me anymore that's fine but i'm doing what god said that's hard also, it's tough one thing too about paul that i admire and i think this is really like where we can take this see we have a podcast called beyond the building so that's where i'm um, thinking that's like good. Yeah. beyond the building you know that's but it. like where here's what i think about paul and i think this, this is where the rubber meets the road for a lot of christians who might be listening to this you know, we, we think about opportunities, we're in a storm, we failed. And so we think the answer is I need to, I need to stop. That's I it. don't need to look for any more opportunities. I just need to quit. I'm discouraged. What set Paul aside from everyone was that he was always looking for another one. It's like, I can't come to you right now because I'm in prison, but I want to, you know, I want to get there. Ooh. And it was like, every yeah, time it. it's like, that's I'm, it. I'm looking was. for another opportunity. And it's like, you know, the church does me wrong. I'm just going to quit the church. The church right. upset me. I'm just going to stop. Uh, you know, and it's like, it's like we are, we, we get in those storms, we get down on ourselves and we just quit. And I think the key to opportunity is understanding that opportunities are going to keep coming, man. That's and it. I got to keep looking for them. I can't, I, I can't, to. I can't quit. That's what, that's what makes Paul like Paul because mm. Paul was constantly looking for other opportunities. I even think about um, the mindset of Job too. Yep, you know, you know, Job, exactly right. Job had an example, you know, he was going through it, you know, his strength was completely gone. And there's an example, I believe it's chapter 14 or 16 offhand, but where Job mentioned, um, you know, a, a tree has hope of life again, if it's, if it gets cut down. But mm-hmm. with me, if I get cut down, where's my hope at? That's right. But later on, he says, well, even though, even though the Lord does this, even though he slay me, I will continue to keep my integrity him. before him. I trust him. And right now, you know, that might be you in, in whatever situation that you find yourself in. But but maybe maybe this storm is here, Ty. Maybe it's here so we can fortify our trust in the Lord for a bigger opportunity that he has for us, you know, in the next coming. We don't know. Mm. But but maybe the Lord just needs. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure you trust in me still. You know what I mean? It just it's a different mindset. And he, he did that. He always tested everyone, you know, everyone and even Christ creation. Yeah. Even Christ was tested in the garden. Matthew four, that was a test. He was tempted, but he did not sin. You know, and you know, you you could say Jordan too, that he was tested. Yes. But it was an opportunity. Yeah. You know, and, and I think sometimes that part of this discussion is all about our mindset you know, we can, we can make everything negative. God is testing me. That's it. He's, he's being mean. He's, you know, it's like, what is God trying to do? Or I could shift my perspective and say, this is an opportunity. 
God is giving me an opportunity to glorify him, to choose him, to pick him, to trust him. You know, and it's like Mm. I could shift my whole mentality because this culture, it conditions us to be the victim. This is a test. I'm hurting. No, no. Here's an opportunity for me to be a victor here. Mm. Change my perspective. Look at it as an opportunity and not so much as something negative like a test or a temptation, you know, right. Um, I don't know if that made any sense. It does. It, it does. It does because I love that. I love that you brought up the that idea of the victim mindset. And the Lord has never made Christians victims. Mm-hmm. You know, when we come to the throne of grace, we're supposed to come with boldness. You know, mm-hmm. He He has made us victors. You know, Corinthians mentions, "Oh, death, where is I staying?" We're. I mean, we've already won. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we've already won. But sometimes, dude, we can forget that. You know, yeah. so easy because that because like in Acts. The sun and the stars, they're covered. So, I mean, it's all dark around us. It's dark, man. It looks it's dark. dark. It looks it's dark. Mm. And and here's the last thing I want to mention on this. And, and uh, remember Joshua 24, right? One of the most popular verses in verse 15, right? So here's the thing. And I think this is kind of a a perfect way to um, kind of end it. And as we, as we think more about this, the thing about opportunities about everything that, that the scriptures and we've discussed today. The thing about it is though, Ty, we got to move though. You know what I mean? So, so it's all around us. It's there. So think about it at your local congregation. It's there, you know, in your home, it's there. When you look in the mirror and you see yourself, it's there. But the thing about it is you have to choose to do something. You Don't have to ask God for an opportunity if you're not willing to move your feet. That's it. And I tell I tell the kids this all the time. And we talked about this on the phone when we when you first told me the topic. We don't watch film. We don't develop a practice plan. We don't we don't do all that stuff for fun. That's it. We we do that stuff because it gives the kids opportunities to get better and win ball games. It's there for the taking. It's there if they want it. If you want God, it. God didn't give us a practice plan for fun. Yeah. God gave us a practice plan for us to do something. God didn't say, I'm going to design and provide a church. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a life that is dependent on other people. I'm not going to do that stuff for you for fun. I'm going to do it because it makes you better. That's it. You know, and it transforms the way I see the church. Man, it's Jordan, I'm sure that you deal with these things just like we deal with them in Alabama, man. The church is given opportunities for people to participate all the time. And it's like, I I could get in the pulpit and preach on church attendance, but I don't want to do that. I want to get in the pulpit and preach about how much God loves you enough to give you an opportunity to be here. That's it. You know, and it's like, it's you. It, it's a choice, Jordan. It's a choice. It is a one hundred percent conscious decision whether or not I'm going to choose Jesus or I'm going to choose me. And there's really no no way else to look at it. Oh, and, and okay, two things now. So the thing about the choice is, you know, John mentions you'll know them by their fruits. So, That's right. So we'll know if you've made your choice. God knows if you've made your choice, right? So, so now here's something I know you got. So this is good. Let's no, keep, I mean, I'm just, I was going. thinking basketball. You know, I can, so, you can tell when the kids don't prepare, you can they tell come in and you can when tell. they hadn't watched film. Yeah, you can tell. So here's yeah. something your players can use. So I saw an interview from, uh, from Kobe, from Kobe Bryant yeah. and he talked about failure, right. And losing. And so the interviewer, 
um, asked him, so what do you think about failure? He said, I know you hate it. And he took a sip of water. He's like, no, it's actually fun. And he's like, well, what are you talking about? It's actually fun. He said, it's fun because it's an opportunity. That's what that's what most people don't see is, yeah. okay, let me look and let me see. But here's the thing. He said, this is what what stops people from being great is they never want to see themselves in a bad light. So they, mm-hmm. they don't want to see themselves making a turnover. They don't want to see themselves making a bad pass. They don't want to see themselves doing the wrong thing. But he said, here's the hardest part about it. Just look at it. Look just at look it. at it. And what's the Bible described as? A mirror? A mirror. So mm-hmm. guess what we're afraid of doing, bro? Look at it. Look at it. So That's right. why can't mm-hmm. we find opportunities to get better, to grow, to to have our own personal lives change? Because we're not looking at it. it ain't and we're, and ain't we're looking at it in other stuff. Yeah. And we expect that stuff to give us what this will give us. Just look at it. It just won't do it. We got to look at it. Yeah. It won't do it. It's not it. So, I mean, if we just think about it, bro, there's so much that the Lord has, he already provides it for us, but we have a role too. That's right. And so sometimes I think what we've made Christianity is um, just take, take, take. So God, what can you give me? What can the people Mm -hmm. give me? What can everybody else at the church do for me? Time out. Aren't we supposed to do this one for another? Right. Because God did it for us first, right? Philippians 2, John 3, 16. So the thing about it is you can't come into this with a selfish mindset because you already lost. So the opportunity, you'll never be able to see it because you're only looking out for number one. So, I mean, it's uh, it's a choice. Opportunities are rarely for me. That's it. You know, it seems like that, but but opportunity. And I think Simon's story proves that. It didn't just benefit Simon, but it impacted his whole family. His whole you know? family, man. It's This is bigger than me and you, Jordan. We are a part of something infinitely bigger than ourselves. And if I don't realize that, then opportunities aren't going to mean anything to me. That's it. They're not going to mean anything to you because it's all about you anyway. Oh, right. So here's, my, here's the last example that I want to bring up. So talk, keep it on the basketball tip here. So in high school. Um, we were, we were a good team, but we had a player who was just, you just have those guys that are just better than everybody else. You know, people can work hard, people can run, people can be conditioned, but it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You know, some guys are just better. And so, and he knew that he knew he was. And so, uh, one day coach brought us to the, to center court and everybody, I mean, everybody's just working, you know, running, shooting, getting ready. And coach. I see him to this day and we still talk. He, he goes to the center circle and he puts the guy in the middle and he puts every assistant coach. I mean, the, the girls who passed out water, everybody else was on the outside of the circle looking at the guy on the inside. And coach said, you're here because you have talent. But he also said, you're also making us worse because you're not getting better and you're not helping everybody else get better. And he said, what you're doing is you're relying too much on yourself rather than relying on your teammates. Mm-hmm. And so what you're really becoming, as good as you are, you are a cancer to this team. And so you have a choice right now. Do you want to stay or do you want to go? Bro, peace out. That's he right. left. He left. And so here's the thing about it. 
sometimes we have to, like you just said, we have to realize in sports and in the church, the thing, anything at the local church is not mine. It's not about me. It's about everybody else. But so many times that's how fights happen in local congregations. Well, this is, this is what I do here. No, this is what we do here. But instead it's, it's all about, it's all about you rather than, rather than the body. And so that's why we have so many fights and things. And sometimes that's why Paul said in Romans 16, mark them because Mm -hmm. they, they are the ones doing those things. And so, I mean, it's a, it's a, a, again, it all goes back to Joshua 24, 15. It's a choice that we have to make every single day when we talk about us getting better and also trying to help the church to get better. That's it. That's right. That's Mm. it. (laughs) Man, this, this is awesome. This is, this is, I needed it. I, I, yes. 100%. 100%. This is and again guys, this is what the scripture can do for you, man. And this is what right. this is what Ty and I and other preachers, this is what while you have the opportunity with with good men because as you know, good men aren't everywhere. And sometimes it's tough to um to find guys that truly want you to know God and love him. So while you have the opportunity with them, take advantage of it. That's right. You know, I don't know how many times I I wish that me, you, you know, other guys, we could just talk and and study together and and go to Wingstop. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, you know, I miss that. That sounds great right now, by the way. But, But, you know, I I think we look back, Jordan, and I think we would both agree that one wisely used opportunity drastically changed who we are. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it. It made us better by one wisely used opportunity. Yeah. Now, and and I could look back and say, that was my one. And then in this season of life, I could say, you know what? No, that was my one. And I don't know who's listening. I don't know what season of life you're in, but that opportunity could be your one. That's it. It drastically changes your life. Now, will you take it? That's right. Will you take it? It's up to to you. Oh, that's how we were closing. That's good. That's Mm. good. Man. This was, this was, man, I got, we got fed today, man, with the word. This is, my cup is overflowing now. I mean, this is exactly, this is the coal that, that we all needed to, um, to keep our fire lit, um, to keep us going. And, and I hope that this can uh, do this for you. And if you ever have, you know, questions or, or concerns or, you know, you want encouragement, that's what we're here for. So obviously you can go to any of the social media pages and find me there. And that's where we can talk and, and tie. I know you're on some social media things, especially if those yeah. in Alabama are listening. Uh, kind of give them the, the church website and other things uh, where they can contact you. Yeah. Um, on our Facebook page, Chisholm Hills Church of Christ, you can reach me there, obviously. And, of course, my personal page, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. You can look me up there. Uh, we do have a podcast I mentioned, Beyond the Building podcast. And uh, we're rather new. I mean, we just kind of started. So we're still branching out to get to the major platforms like old Jordan Pugh here. We'll, <laughs> we'll get there one day to the big leagues. But uh, our, our podcast is called Beyond the Building podcast. And you can find that on social media, too. And it'll take you right to where uh, you need to be. But I'd be more than happy to answer and help any, any way I can. Perfect. And I'll link uh, the podcast on, on Instagram and on the other social medias that, that it's on tie oh, so they cool. can go Thanks, and they can, uh, they can check it out. Yeah, so uh, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you guys being here for the podcast. Uh, Lord willing, we may be back Friday. I'm not sure yet. We may have another one, but if not Friday, Lord willing, we will see you all on uh, Monday uh, with another podcast. Thanks guys.